I usually preach from out there, but I think because of my voice, I'll just stay right here, if you don't mind. It's a little bit louder here. Um, it's really wonderful to be back with you here at Sacred Heart, Othello. I see so many familiar faces. It reminds me of how um, true it is that, uh, you know, as pastors, we leave our mark on places. We leave behind uh, uh, some of our ways of doing things and way of thinking and way of praying. But you also leave a mark on us uh, that never goes away. And um, my years here in Othello, um, you certainly did that for me, and I'm very grateful. You know, in reading um, the gospel this morning, it seems uh, it's kind of curious. It's the very beginning of Mark's gospel. And, you know, Mark's gospel is the first gospel to be written, as you may know. And it's uh, certainly the shortest and doesn't have a lot of the sayings and things that the other, of Jesus that the other gospels have. And sometimes it feels like it's just almost too compact, it's too moving too fast, especially at the beginning. It's almost like Mark is so anxious to get on to the big stuff that he kind of just rushes through the, the early, the preliminaries. And this morning we kind of feel that. It seems so improbable, I guess, so unlikely that Jesus would just show up on the seashore of the Sea of Galilee and there he would see these fishermen busy about their their work for cleaning their nets and working on their boats and whatever. And he would just say, come follow me. And they would get up and leave everything and follow him just like that. It doesn't seem very practical or very realistic. It seems like it's just kind of too fast. And even, you know, last week when we had the same story from the Gospel of John, at least John gave the Andrew and whoever else was with him a whole day to kind of get to know Jesus you know, kind of hanging out with him where he lived and talking with him and visiting with him before they said, yes, we'll follow you. So, you know, Mark is either being, you know, just a poor storyteller here or maybe it's possible that Mark tells the story in his way to make some important points about who this Jesus is and who his disciples are. And I think it's that that's true. I think there's three things in this story of Jesus calling his disciples at the Sea of Galilee so quickly and them responding so quickly that are really important. And maybe these are what Mark had in mind for us to take away from this story when he wrote it so long ago. 
The first thing that seems to me to be worthy of our notice is the the fact that that Jesus that Jesus has this attractive power in him that it's almost like it's almost like when he meets these fishermen you know James and John and Andrew and Peter that they immediately fall in love with him that it's kind of a spiritual version of love at first sight and that's really kind of captivating how what is it that Jesus has that would make people drop everything to not just go with him and spend a day with him but to actually follow him for the next three years you know we know that that Peter had a mother-in-law which means he had a wife which probably means he had kids we know that all four of them you know, James and John and Peter and Andrew were, were fishermen they had a business they had their boats, they had their nets, they had their, their co-workers, they had their employees. To just suddenly drop all that, that could only happen if Jesus has really got something special that they immediately, immediately fall for. What is that? They probably don't even know themselves. They can't put words on it. At least not right away. But that magnetic attraction of Jesus to these guys, that whatever it is that he's got inside him, that immediately pulls them away from everything in their lives to follow him. Well, they eventually would come to learn and to put a name on it. What was that that drew us in so immediately? Grace, Spirit, God. Yeah, that was it. It was God that we experienced and felt and that called to us and made us respond so immediately. In this Jesus, we met. There's another thing in the story that's worth noting, as Mark tells it. And that is that that these guys, these fishermen, were not out looking for something new in their lives. They were not on a spiritual journey. They were not out traveling the highways and byways of Israel or even the whole world to, to find them the guru of their lives, to find the Messiah, to find the person who would save them. They were just there. They weren't looking. But what's really extraordinary in the story also is that they didn't find Jesus. Jesus found them. It was Jesus who was looking for them. It was Jesus who called them and surprised them. And that's so important because how many of us 
We're really spending our lives on a great spiritual journey, on a great spiritual search. We're just doing our thing. We're just living our lives. And yet Jesus intervenes in them. Jesus shows up on the shores of our lives. Jesus looks for us and finds us. I think that's something that must have been really important to Mark as he told this story. It is Jesus who finds them. And that leads to the third thing that I think is is just a wonderful part of the story. Like I said, these guys were not on a journey. They weren't even on a retreat. They weren't even on the, in the synagogue on the Sabbath when all this happens to them. They're in their ordinary, everyday life, doing their ordinary, everyday work. They're repairing their nets and they're gutting their fish and they're probably joking with one another. Maybe the jokes were just a little bit off color. Who knows? They're just having an ordinary day in their lives, doing their ordinary things. They're not going up to the retreat house for three days of quiet. They're not even coming to the synagogue or the church just to have some quiet time with the Lord, God of the universe. They're at work. They're doing what they always do. They're just doing their work as fishermen. And that's precisely where Jesus calls them. And that's so important for us. Because a lot of times we say, oh, gosh, I just wish I had more time to pray. Gosh, I wish I had time to go take a retreat up at the retreat house. Gosh, I wish I had more time to just go take a long walk someplace and just be by myself and get away from the noise and the clatter and get away from the bank books and the accounting tablets and get away from the email and get away from the pots and the pans and the spaghetti and the macaroni and cheese and get away from that dang old carburetor that I can't get to work and get away from whatever, getting the plow off of the front of my truck. Winter's over. But this story reminds us that it's in the kitchen and in the garage and in the shop and in the office. It's repairing our nets, cooking our dinner, or fixing the car, or doing the accounting, or paying the bills, or doing the shopping, that Jesus finds us in the ordinary stuff of our lives and makes all that stuff holy because that's where we most meet God. Uh, It's a great story after all. It seems at first to be so improbable that these disciples would just say yes to Jesus and leave everything when he calls them. But they teach us This story teaches us that Jesus' love for us, his finding of us in our daily lives, wherever we happen to be, is just as powerful for us as it was for James and John and Peter and Andrew. And just as much as they say yes to him wherever they find themselves, just as they fall in love with Jesus 
just as they <coughs> are found by Jesus, so too are we. And that's a great consolation and a great gift and a wonderful, wonderful blessing to remember that Jesus finds us and we fall in love with him and that all this happens right here and right now. Whatever we're doing in the ordinary stuff of our lives.